Hey, James. What? What's the temperature of the inside of a tauntaun? Warm enough to stay alive in a freezing cold, I don't know. You what? might say lukewarm. Oh, I can't believe it. I didn't know what you were doing. That's, a fucking, <laughs> that's such an easy pun. <laughs> I didn't know what you were doing there. are listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loudmouth movie cynic. And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? Cold Calls Star Wars Edition. Oh boy, so we're doing some cold calls, hearkening back to our recent two-part episode about Star Wars The Force Awakens. I can tell James is extremely excited to go down this road again. Uh, but we're going to catch up with some people, because of course we had some time restraints, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that not everybody got to say exactly what they wanted to. So we're going to do some cold calls. Um, well, I guess at this point they're kind of lukewarm calls. Yeah. We've... <laughs> We've uh we've reached out and have um have asked if folks are available and wanted to uh to give some comments and um and they of course said that they would like to from our panel of experts yeah our nerd our nerd panel yeah. our nerd panel okay let's do it so we're gonna start with uh with Josh um and I'm gonna call him up right now lukewarm calls and by the way with this phone call to Josh this is now his third appearance on Loud on the Set so. Kyle, he's, uh, he's he's making he's it into kind our, of a regular. Yeah, yeah. He is. We we can go to Josh with nearly anything we'd like to know about anything science related. Yeah. <laughs> Josh is a good guy. Josh. Hello. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, Josh. What's going on? Not much. How's things? Things are good. Hey, Josh. You're the first one we're calling here. So. Uh, um, I feel so privileged. Yes. So we're doing some uh, some lukewarm calls, as you know. Uh, we want to want to harken back uh, to our conversation, our two episodes that we had, and of course we didn't uh-huh. all get to say what we wanted to say. So, Josh, was there anything about the Force Awakens that you wanted to tell us and the listening uh, folks out there? Oh my God! You know how to ask loaded questions. Let's see. First off, we had talked a little bit about. Uh, Kylo Ren's fall. There's something else about Kylo Ren. We talked about the lightsaber, how it's kind of junky. We talked about... I was just listening to that episode the other night, so I've got all these things fresh in my mind. Awesome. All right, you're the third person listening. I'm about half the hits on that YouTube video, you know? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. There's a big point I wanted to raise with our esteemable friend, James. Mm about the inclusion of other intellectual property in these big science fiction genres. Interesting. So basically but the, the universal the lore. Interested in okay. So uh, yeah. so so um, hit us with how your responsible is a movie for including every single part of its lore. Mm-hmm. And is lore from outside the movie in any way permissible in the sort of analysis of the movie. I like that. That's a good uh, philosophical... Philosophical. That's a good philosophical (laughs) film topic. So let's hit it. What do you think? What's your opinion on it? Well, I I would offer my own as we have two possibilities. Number one, 
we're going to have complete, big, well-thought-out, well-explained science fiction movies that are nine and a half hours long, <laughs> which some people are willing to sit through, for sure, but we call those mostly TV shows, and even then we chop them up into smaller bits. True. Mm-hmm. Does a movie require having a smaller, less thought-out universe because of its smaller format? I don't think so. Okay. I think that explaining more outside of it is just a way to get that full, rich story that we expect from a well-thought-out universe while not making the average viewer sit through the entirety. Interesting. So your, your beef was with James. So James, your response to this. Okay, my, my response is this. The original trilogy, right? A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, was made back in the day where there was no expanded universe. Agreed? No. No? No. No. Right out the gate. (laughs) I have a question for you. If you only watched A New Hope, Uh you are in many ways very familiar with the characters of Chewbacca and Han Solo. Right. Why do they hang out? I mean, I know, I know the reason for that. Why but what that? I'm saying is, when, were the, when was their backstory like, generated and, and put out into this expanded universe? As the movies were happening or, or after the fact? Way after the fact, no? Ostensibly, it was released to the public after the fact. But according to oh, Lucas, okay. he thought it out beforehand. That, all right, that, well, whatever, <laughs> it doesn't matter. My, point, my greater point being that the first three movies stand alone, they're brilliant, and they accomplished a ton Without the aid of manuals, without the aid of video game tie-ins, without the aid of cartoon series and all that shit. So that worked, and now it doesn't. And so I recognize that the way movies are going nowadays, like The Avengers, uh, the way that whole Marvel Cinematic Universe is playing out, and now Star Wars, it's, they're designed not with just the movie in mind. It's, it's a bigger package. And so... For some people, they like that, you know, like other people don't. You like it, I don't. Like I hark- I hearken back to the original trilogy that stood on its own and wasn't part of this monstrous empire of goodies and toys and comic book tie-ins and TV show tie-ins. I would be very satisfied with them just on their own. And But now I recognize that that's, that's not the reality we live in nowadays. It's, it's not just movies. Far be it from me to uh, insinuate anything negative about the Holy Trilogy. <laughs> but I will point out uh-huh. that Chewbacca is a huge standout. He's never explained. He's a gigantic, walking, perhaps mammalian creature uh, who speaks a completely different language. Like, no one else in the movie speaks Sherlock. But he's understood by many different characters. That's a good point. Who ostensibly have never come across this. If you just take the movies by themselves, Chewbacca doesn't fit very well. Yeah. Yet it's an integral part of the story. Yeah, I, but see, I don't. I don't see that with the original. Perhaps it's just a, a soft spot I have for the original trilogy. But I don't see that as a lacking of backstory that needs to be filled. I see that as borderline comic relief, wink and nod of the suspension of disbelief where humans understand droids which understand giant bigfoot creatures and and so on and so forth it's it comes in the package of an entertaining suspension of disbelief that we all sort of agree upon the minute we see something hit light speed you know like not yeah not everything has to be explained 
because those are little charming elements to it. They're not major plot developments, which is what is happening now with these expanded universes. So I want to take this point and yeah. kind of round it out here so we can talk about some other things as well. Um, I see where both of you are coming from, and I think there's a happy medium here. I yeah. think that with film, as long as you're, you know, the required things to understand, to fundamentally understand and appreciate your film and your characters are presented in your film, I see no problem with, you know, taking that expanded universe outside of that so that people can dive in really deep and they can see Han Solo's blaster and know everything about it and how it works, you know? <laughs> Things you don't really need to explain in the film to make the right. story connect with the audience. I think that that's... I think I like learning about some of those things and especially when they come from the mind of the creator. So when it comes from somebody like Lucas who envisioned these things, um, I enjoy that. Um, but then I think it has to stand on its own as well as the film to present that to the public. You can't assume that somebody's going to come in outside of that um, with knowledge to watch the film. I think that's cheating the public a little bit. But I would I would reckon to say that this film did not do that. What's that? The film should be a primer. It should teach you enough for you to want to right. dig more. Yeah. And to James' somewhat cynical bone, I will <laughs> offer the uh, olive branch of no one has ever accused Star Wars of avoiding blatant cash grabs. That, <laughs> that is true. Since day one, that was why the original trilogy kind of devolved <laughs> into the happy ending that it was, is because toy sales started to drive yeah. the production of the film. So I'm, I may be suffering from nostalgia, like <laughs> you rosy, might be a yeah, little bit. rose-colored nostalgia. Okay, but let's let's move on a little bit. I think that's a good discussion. Um, Josh, was other other major points that you wanted to um, add into the discussion from Star Wars specifically from the from the newest film? Were there any points that you really loved about it? Were there any things you really did not like about it? Anything we didn't get to discuss that you thought was interesting? We talked a little bit about how in The Land of the Blind, the limited force user, it still seems pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, other important details. We talked about the impossibility of planets blowing up, how you would even bother with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's any of these things you folks want to dive into. We still have... Oh, here's one for you. Okay. The elimination, well, that's kind of tying back into the other stuff. Uh, I keep getting stuck on expanded universe because, in all honesty, I'm expanded <laughs> universe kind of guy. You're there. Go for it. So, I would say hopes for the next movies. This Rogue One thing, as it's shaping up, looks pretty awesome. <laughs> and I'm really liking the idea of seeing some of these stories that aren't necessarily hooked on the Skywalker family. Mm -hmm. And I guess in some ways building out the other parts of Star Wars in the cinematic universe. So here's a great thing about Rogue One. James, I don't know if you've heard anything about this. This is going to kind of be like a spin-off sort of thing. But here's why I think that this is going to be really cool as opposed to, I mean, obviously it's going to make them a whole bunch of money. And it's going to be a spin-off, give them a, a little bit of new direction to take it in. But I love the fact that the plot of the film is about how they came across the original Death Star plans for the first film, for A New Hope. I think that's such an interesting idea because they just blow it off like, oh yeah, we stole the plans for the Death Star. It's like, wait, right. you just w walked into the Empire and said, oh yeah, hey, what's up? And then slipped it off the table and walked away. There's way more yep. in just that one line of text in A New Hope where they're like, yeah, we stole the Death Star plans. 
And I think so, that connecting that into the universe is pretty cool. Is it doesn't necessarily need to be said, no, but I think that it will make for a really good addition to the lead up of A New Hope. How interesting would it be to have a Star Wars movie where the Force doesn't feature prominently? It'd be pretty cool. Give you give you some context like, to the uh, the rest of the actual people that live in the universe right. that are affected by the battles that the magic people are taking on. Oh, it gives you maybe they'll connect it back to the human element a little bit and and make it uh, make it more relatable to the general audience. One thing I'm looking forward to cinematically is to see how honest they're going to keep themselves in trying to replicate the look and the feel of a 1970s movie. Hmm. I didn't even know that that was a uh, stipulation of it. Well, Well, if they're trying to place it firmly around the time of A New Hope. Well, they tried to place the prequels before A New Hope, (laughs) and that looked like a whole bunch of ass a lot of times. (laughs) (laughs) A whole lot of CG for sure. The technology got worse over time. I would love it if they tried to match the look and feel of A New Hope a little bit closer, That'd rather be. than kind of taking it off in their own direction. That would be interesting. Don't worry, they will. <laughs> they've got they've got you guys studied up and is down that, like lab rats. Breath of cynicism I hear from our dear yeah. James. Here, here's here's something I want to ask you. You ready? This is gonna be my last. Okay, thing. we're gonna leave here. You mentioned okay. you mentioned uh, a number of times to me, including on the podcast, that if Episode Eight is a rehashing of Empire Strikes Back, then your fanboy status is going to be tainted, right? Diminished somewhat, D- yes. Diminished somewhat? Oh, see, I want I wanted to promise. I want that in writing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I what, I was, what, I was, what I was saying to somebody the other day was, um, essentially, like, what will it take? You know, the, like, how short is your fuse? You know, like, what would it take for them to lose your fandom? And for me, it was this movie. Like, this movie... So quickly in, you know, Force Awakens, I realized what a, a complete recycling it was, and I thought, nope, nope, you lost me. Like, this is cheap. This is cheap and lazy, blah, blah. And so I, I, I what had, will it take, Josh? So that's what I'm asking you. Like, as as a super duper fan, what would it take? Like, what, what's the threshold? Will Will it take walkers and snow? Will that be enough? Or I mean, what what's, what will it take? Okay. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say before I fire back, I would ask Kyle. What's yours? What oh. is your breaking point? That's a good point. <laughs> um, so I think it would take another incredible misstep in the general quality of the overall film. So I think what the prequels showed us was that the the focus of the movies and bringing the story that he wanted to represent was muddled in movies that were not great the first two are arguably very in some points very below average um i think that the third prequel kind of gets it up back to being like a generally decent movie but it would take a complete failure in presenting something that looks and feels like a polished well-done story because even if this was in a lot of ways reflective of a new hope I think that you can look at the overall story. If you looked at just this movie by itself, you had a coherent piece of storytelling. And it it had very much the tone of the original trilogy. So it would take a departure from that. It would take a departure into confused, bad storytelling and bad filmmaking to have me completely depart from it. All right, Josh, what would it take for you to jump ship? Okay, so I'm going to fire 
this back in two parts. Uh, firstly, the part that I know James is going to just cackle and throw his head back <laughs> when I say it. It can't happen. Oh, like, fuck. Star Wars cannot pitch me <laughs> because to me, having read the books for years, watched the movies countless times, I sat there and tried to think of how many times have I watched A New Hope. I can't even guess at it. Wow. Um, well, and I would like him for... to say that what you're saying is well right now. I bet James feels as well. Could anything truly taint the feelings you have about the original trilogy at this point, just by themselves? No, because yeah. they're, they're fixed um, in time. They're right. Not, they're, yeah, they're not. They're fixed in time. Exactly. So for me, Star Wars is more than just the movies. It has always been. So when I'm talking about, like, uh, what would it take to ruin my fandom? My fandom is fixed in time. It's yeah. been a constant for wow. since I was a kid. My first stuffed toy I remember owning is a stuffed Ewok. Yeah. So I so feel I feel very I'm, similar I'm to you. Yeah. I, I don't but, think that I could lose my appreciation for what I consider Star Wars. That being said, I could lose pursuit in the additions to the Star Wars. Well universe. that's that's what I'm asking right. here. What like jump well, ship me yeah. Well, like, I'm gonna fire back with so point two, two. the killing stroke for me. Yes. Uh, already happened. Ooh. And that was the elimination of the expanded universe from canon. Interesting. When they reset that that was really hard to hear. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm like sorry. Said, walking into that theater, I had to work really hard to go in with an open and unbiased heart. Interesting. Wow. I so, had to sit there and say, okay, the things that I love, all of the stories that they just wiped out, Yeah. I have to forgive that if I'm going to give this movie a chance. And so you did. But that was you the gave, moment you that gave it a chance. Me away. You gave it a chance, though, right? Yeah. I like to think I did, and I enjoyed it for what it was whole and like as a new take on star wars that was establishing new traditions and a new storyline and getting rid of all of the stuff that i've loved i had one chance to kind of say okay this is fine this is what it is i will enjoy this for what it is interesting well, thank you for that, uh, Josh. I, I like that, that conversation that we had. I think that's, that's telling. Because it is, what is Star Anytime. Wars to you? That's the, that's the bottom line, is, <laughs> to all of us. Yeah. You know, what is Star Wars to us? Where do we want to, what bits and pieces of everything will we take? Because not everything is gold, so we kind of build our own right. experience around it. Interesting. And there is a lot of dross amongst the gold, there, you know? There very for much every, is. Uh, Timothy's on uh, the Thrawn saga. There's an Ewok adventure. <laughs> yep, that's right. All right. Well, thank you okay, well, so much, Josh. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Cheerio. All right. See you tomorrow. <laughs> All right. So there's Josh. There he goes. Next up, uh, let's give a call to uh, Andrea. You want to dial up uh, Andrea? See what she's up to. All right, Andrea. Leads the league, Kyle, in appearances <laughs> on Loud in the she Set. She certainly does. You, the listening public, may remember her from rom-coms, Rocky, and two Star Wars episodes now. Absolutely. Yeah, Andrea's our number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> and she always laughs when I say that. Uh, she promised me that she would be sitting by the phone. Hey! An- Andrea! Have you been I'm sitting... sitting by the phone. <laughs> You've been you've been sitting by the phone waiting desperately like 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 the people used to do back in the day waiting for dates, all right? 
woman who just walked through the door (laughs) (laughs) walking home from my job. Touche, Andrea. Touche. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm hungry. I want dinner. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on our podcast again, our lukewarm calls. Uh, We let everybody know that we we reached out and made sure that folks were available to take some calls. So thanks for answering the phone. Um, Andrea. We're discussing uh-huh. The Force Awakens. We talked for Again. nearly an hour and some change about this film. Was there anything left unsaid that you wanted to bring up from yourself? Something you loved about the movie? Um, something you disliked about the movie? Anything left unsaid on your part you wanted to share with us? Uh, there was. I didn't get a chance to talk about Kylo Ren or Rilo Kylie, or whatever you guys are calling her. <laughs> oh. Rilo Ken. Rilo Ken, I believe. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I wanted to talk about Kylo Ren because I really enjoyed him as, as a villain for a couple of reasons. And I, I said, go on, or are you guys going to go on. Go, 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 oh, go. On. I'll okay. ding the bell when you're out of time, just like old times. <laughs> <laughs> No. no, it was sexist. Not a bit sexist. You don't get the slides. <laughs> hey, I'm going to ding the bell on Josh and Patrick as well, so don't you worry. <laughs> oh, good. Equality for all. Equality. <laughs> okay, so you um, liked Kylo Ren a lot. I did, because there was something about him as a villain that I felt like hadn't been seen, especially in Star Wars. And in, for contrast, thinking about Darth Vader in the original trilogy... He's a very ambiguous, impersonal evil, you know? He's the big bad, but he has a mask, so there's no real connection. He's an evil, right? You just know that. Um, but with Kylo Ren, his malice is so personal, and it comes even more so when he takes off the mask and he interviews or he interrogates Ray, and make things even worse or creepier, uh, he says something very rapey, which is he looks her up and down and he says, I can take whatever I want. Ooh. He said that? All he's, he says that. Damn. And what's, what's terrible about it is he could have said, you know, I can reach into any part of your mind and, you know, without against your will. He could have said, he could have said something like a little less rapey, <laughs> but it was just, I can take whatever I want. And it was very disturbing. I felt very uncomfortable when he said that. And so um, I'm very intrigued about where this, uh, the character is going to go. Uh, I really enjoyed the way the actor, Adam Driver, played him um, as, and as a character. And I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. He's very creepy, and it's very personal. All right, and I, I got a question for you. Um, perhaps I missed this because as, as our listening public knows, I checked out of this movie pretty quickly into it, but (laughs) what are his reasons for being so mad? What you keep saying, I like it because his anger was, was personal and he, and he took it to such a personal level. I'm not so sure I remember why he's so fucking pissed off in the first place. Why? You don't know. You don't know. That's one of the mysteries. So then how could you say you like that? How can you, how can you say you like that if you don't even know why? Oh, my God. 
Like, what garbage? I'm back, Kyle. I'm back, baby. All right, I got another question for you. Okay, fine. Because we're not. I want to talk. She wants to talk. All right, go. Let her let her rebuttal to the point. Yeah. Explain why it's okay that you don't know. Okay, I have a quick spoiler-related uh, question for you. So, spoiler alert, obviously, going forward here. But, Andrea, have you heard the fan theory that people think Kylo Ren is a deep cover agent for the uh, for the um, Resistance? Have you heard this? Yes, I have. What do you think of this fan theory? Do you think it holds any water? talking about Han Solo's death for the other two uh, episodes, but um, yeah, part of me died that day. Uh, <laughs> oh, I saw no. my childhood I... was just torn out of my, my heart. See, here's another problem I have. Yes. Since we're talking about Han Solo's death. Yes. And then, uh, yeah, let me get my, okay. my, my counterpoint, if you will, and that is, oh boy, I, you know, I don't appreciate when I think, when I interpret that a movie's direction or decisions made to a character's fate are made not because it makes sense or, the, or because it would be satisfying to the audience, but because of budget. <laughs> and, and, and let's face it, we know that one of the what? reasons... Yeah, you heard me, budget. <laughs> we know that one of the reasons why Han Solo had to die is because A, Harrison Ford's getting too old. B, he's too expensive. You know, like, they did not want to pay for him to be in another movie... And so this is like, you know, this is lore being dictated by dollar signs. And yeah, that's, the, hey, movie cynic, baby. That's the tagline for this podcast. <laughs> Budget oh, killed Han Solo. It wasn't a strong argument with James. Is that he doesn't do any real research. <laughs> <laughs> He's not involved. In yes, I did. That motherfucker earned way too much. If you, okay, first of all, Disney has, Disney has more money than God, as you, like, <laughs> talked about the mouse. Well, I don't even know what you were calling it. It was so funny. Anyway, but they have more money than they ever could use. And so, of course, like, paying for Harrison Ford isn't an issue. But you don't seem to know that Harrison Ford wanted Han Solo to die in Return of the Jedi. I knew that. So, so then why, why didn't you bring it up? So, uh, because the fucking movie's Harrison garbage. Harrison Ford dying was him. That was the only 
Okay, I'm gonna. A Star Wars movie in the first place. Okay, uh, I'm gonna step in here and just before we before we move any further, Andre, was there anything else you wanted to regale us with regarding the Force Awakens? Free free time, speak freely. All right, then I got a question for you because we're gonna we're gonna question. wrap it up with a question. Uh, okay. For the listeners to loud on the set, you may have caught at one point towards the end of episode two, I think, that Kyle was 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 going crazy and he was he, he lost his mind for a second. And he said that he enjoys the prequels now. Remember that? I remember it. Kyle remembers it. Anyway, Kyle really likes the prequels, and he was <laughs> he was going on, on about, he's going on and on about that and how he he has a newfound appreciation for them. That works. And you know, like, all right, Kyle had his moments, so he said those things, and then Andrea jumped in and said. That's your white male privilege speaking, <laughs> to which the rest of the panel went, what? Like that. Andrea, explain. Why is Kyle's newfound appreciation for the prequels an example of his white male privilege? I think there might have been some confusion here, but well, let's, let's address it anyway. Go. Um, I would, the reason I said that, one, well, it wasn't one. I would say two shock factors, but number one <laughs> reason was... The prequels, even more so than the original trilogy, lack any kind of diversity, whether it's gender or race. And the reason why the movies could be so appealing to you, in my mind, there had to be some reason, was because nothing is offensive because it's completely tailored to a white male privilege agenda. Okay. So I will address that by saying, number one, <laughs> um, that the main... The main appreciation that I came away with from the prequels, because um, I've had time to kind of qualify it now, was the direction of it. I think that George Lucas, when not given the infinite tools of CG technology, has a really good eye for direction. And every scene where basically two people are together, a couple of people are talking together in a small situation had very, very well-crafted um, direction in terms of uh, stage movements, in terms of cinematography. Every scene there looked really brilliant. And the other thing that I really enjoyed about them was that it seemed like Lucas took the time to take those films and add new things to them. So this is one of the things that James complained about was looking at the newest film and seeing a lot of recycled old kind of material you know old characters old spaceships old locations you know we're back on let's call it Tatooine again you know mm -hmm. exactly uh -huh. but with the prequel trilogy he took time to move to different locations move to different star systems move to new characters he tried new things and I can appreciate that now going back and seeing that I can see all the work that went into the art um, the art decor, the set direction or set decoration is amazing, and the art direction is really good. Unfortunately, that again gets lost in very subpar plotting, very subpar screenplays. Um, uh, the Jar Jar Banks. I mean, we <laughs> just say it, Jar Jar Banks, and all of that. But that was the pre I came away from it with the respect for the filmmaker that was um, that was putting the images on screen. So that was mainly it. But. Um, I'm glad you think that I'm the, the white male. <laughs> Privilege. <laughs> Poster child. Well, I was just trying to come up with some reason of why you would actually enjoy it. I know. Uh, yeah. 
Anyway. No, no harm, no, no harm, no foul. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to hit anything below the belt. I got you. Uh, I understood. It was mostly for shock value anyway. I saw your face. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, on that note, we got to let you go, Andre, because we got to call some other folks. So thank you very much for, uh, for picking thank up the phone and chatting with us. All right, Andre. Okay, well, thank you for calling. I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> All right, see you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye. Bye. There she goes, Andrea. There she is. Number That's one good fan. chat. Yeah, good chat, good chat, good chat. But on that note, I can't believe it, but we're going to end part one here. This is going to be a two-parter. Uh, so we're going to end up with four, four, uh, four Star Wars things here eventually. So we'll spread these out a little bit, give you something to chew on um, for now. But this is part one of uh, lukewarm call. Oh, lukewarm. See what I did there? Lukewarm oh, calls. I hate when you pun out of control. <laughs> when I pun without trying to, yeah. Yeah. Um, End of part one of uh, lukewarm calls about our uh, our Star Wars um, talk. I think we got some new points out of here, so that we was did. really good to hear from. Um, catch us again. We'll release another one pretty soon. Loud on the set at gmail.com. Uh, go see the movie if you haven't already, which would be stupid if you were listening to this. But go see it anyway. Have a good time. We'll talk to you soon. See you later. And cut.